Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Today on the Flyover Conservative Podcast, uh, it's heating up. Yep. It's heating up in, in, in the weather. The weather's getting hot, and, and, and so are the campaigns. Man, it's the, so true. The, 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 the polit- politics level is on, on high alert. <laughs> it's on fire. On orange, yep. orange high alert everywhere you go. Everybody is is coming at you with what they're about, and they're mm-hmm. telling you what they're about, and they're telling you what they're what they're going to do. And I can't vouch for every single candidate out there doing, but I do know uh, one particular uh, gentleman in person. I could say he's an incredibly great guy, mm-hmm. and uh, we want to introduce you to him in a new way. We did a full interview a while back. The link's going to be down below. But welcome, Mr. Mark McCluskey. Welcome, welcome to the Flyover Conservative Show, Mr. Missouri, right here. You are everywhere, everywhere in the state of Missouri. You are somewhere logging the miles and uh, and and doing the work. Yeah, you know, we just uh, just topped 91,000 miles on the vehicle since we started this campaign last May the 18th. And uh, we're, we're every place we can possibly be. I've got this kind of novel idea since I've never been a politician and I've never been a candidate for anything but if I'm going to represent the people of Missouri, maybe I should actually like go out and meet them. Man, and, that's yeah, a good idea. I mean, I learn something new every day. I learn a, a new issue that comes up to people every day when I'm out there. And uh, and you know, if you if you think you know everything, then you're pretty certain you don't. That is true. Now, for some people, I just want to jog your memory. If Colton could put up the site here, McCluskey for Senate.com, I want to show you a picture because I want you to be able to link these things together. This was back from Jan- from June the 28th of 2020, so almost two years ago. Um, tell us a little bit about this. What happened on that day? Well, you know, the um, one of the advantages of living in a city like St. Louis, where the uh, the Soros-funded prosecutor finds her job to be protecting criminals rather mm-hmm. than protecting honest citizens. You get to advertise your crimes in advance. And this Antifa organization in St. Louis, run by a young lady who your audience may know, uh, Corey Bush, <laughs> uh, announced that they're going to have a mob action in our neighborhood. And so we got prepared uh, because we know they like to burn stuff since they burned downtown St. Louis and, and uh, burned more and more of the city in the ensuing weeks. We put fire extinguishers all around the house. And because we knew they liked to shoot people, and for example, on the night of June the 1st and 2nd of 2020, they shot four police officers in downtown St. Louis, killed police captain David Dorn. We uh, we put guns around the house because we didn't want to take it laying down. And my wife and I just made a, a, a vow to each other that if the mob came our direction, we weren't going to take it. We weren't going to back up and just let them overrun us. You know, it had been going on since the, uh, the George Floyd event. And for a month, Throughout the country, everybody was just letting the rioting happen. Mm-hmm. The government was encouraging it. Kamala Harris was bailing people out of jail so they get out and riot mm-hmm. the next day. And we just said, you know, well, we've had enough. We're just not going to take it. And so when the mob crashed through my gate and started pouring in, I stood out in the corner of my porch. My wife and my daughter were out there having barbecue with me. I stood out in the corner of the porch, and I said what I always describe as the two most racist, white supremacist words in the English language. I said private property, right? Wow. But yep. being being communist, that pissed them off, and they started pouring in ever so much more so. Well, my wife and daughter go in to call 911 to absolutely no avail because the cops weren't going to show up, and uh, they'd been ordered not to. Yep. And and so I stand out there, I grab my AR, and I stand out there on the front on the patio, you know, ordering people get the hell out of here. This is my neighborhood, private property, all that kind of stuff. And then Patty shows up in the grass in front of me, right in front of the mob, waving that dumbass little Brico pistol <laughs> over there. And 
And uh, but now I've got a problem because she's in my line of fire. And if something happens, she's between me and the mob. So then I have to come down in the grass. And that's when you start seeing all those pictures that went viral. Mm-hmm. Well, but the it, beauty, it, the beauty of the Second Amendment is that just two of us facing an angry mob of 350 to 500 people, some of whom are wearing body armor and carrying weapons. So two of us without having to put off a shot, just displaying the ability and the willingness to defend ourselves and defend our lives. We held off that mob. And, you know, that's that is the one unforgivable crime in America today, yep. standing up against the left. Whoops. And we've been harassed now for almost two years over that. We were charged with felonies. We uh, had our law licenses recently sanctioned by the Bar Association and the Supreme Court of Missouri for doing no more than defending ourselves. Well, and that's you, you got an exemplary of what's wrong in this country. Yeah. Well, your, your, your model there of standing up is something that they're they're not used mm-hmm. to. They don't know what to do. And when somebody does, it baffles them yep. and definitely angers them because they're used to running around like a, like a like a child that's never been told no. And they can break what they mm-hmm. want and smash what they want. And and uh, their feelings matter more than anything else. And you've spent. I don't remember the exact numbers. We've talked about this before, but maybe 20 or 30 years board by board, stud by stud, mm-hmm. sheetrock by sheetrock, restoring that home, you know, with your own years. blood, sweat, and tears, mm-hmm. you know, put into it. And it's like, they think come in a minute because they're just angered, you know, and, yeah. and America, that's the thing that makes it unique is we're, we're not descended from weak and fearful people. We're descended from people who stood up mm-hmm. to oppressors and the oppression is sometimes coming from within right now. Now running for Senate, you're in a, benefit of being from Missouri. I'm a little slanted. We live in Missouri. Uh, some of the best people in the world. People, yep. when they come to visit us, they're like, is this a setup? Everybody's so nice. Yeah, everybody here is incredible. You, know, you walk into the Home Depot, and they're yeah. like, hey, how you doing? Like, did you know that guy? I said, no. He just says hi, because that's what we do. Um, great field of of people. You have some great candidates. You know, there's a lot of states where it's just, you know, they're, they're trying to pick the, the the best dog in the hunt, you know, mm-hmm. as far as that goes. Got great people coming coming from this state. What uniquely separates you. The thing I like is you've got a history of actually working and being mm-hmm. in the public and, and and doing great things. You're not a politician by by trade, but but what what in your opinion uniquely qualifies you to help get Missouri and keep Missouri on the right track? Well first off I as you mentioned I've never been a politician. I've never run for any office. I have no strings attached. I have no lobbyists pushing me or pulling me. I have no billionaires contributing millions of dollars to super PACs. I've got no political consultants. You know, when you think about Senator Josh Hawley endorsing Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, well, guess what? They've got the same political consultant. You got Ted Cruz endorsing Eric Schmidt. Guess what? They've got the same political consultant. So you got you to look in the background. And I would say this, that, you know, um, I'm not just a pink shirt guy on the front porch. I started making public presentations against communist expansionism in 1977 with Robert Mugabe's takeover of Rhodesia. Colonel Oliver North was the first guy to endorse my campaign because Colonel North and I have been friends for over 30 years. Back during the Iran-Contra affair, we had fundraisers in our house for him to raise money for his criminal defense. Another guy who was criminally prosecuted for doing no more than trying to protect the Constitution and protect the people of the United States and protect American servicemen. And then when, when he was running for Senate in Virginia in the 90s, we put on more fundraisers for him. And so I had a TV commercial running in Missouri a couple of weeks ago where I said, you know, when when the mob hit me, they just knocked on the wrong damn door because this is kind of what I was born and raised for. But more than that, you look at the folks running against me. And as you say, they're all they're they're mostly good people. I like Billy Long a lot. He and I are friends. We text each other Mm -hmm. every day. 
but he's been in Congress for 12 years and he never even tries to identify when he's talking any significant legislation that he's introduced or passed to really save our freedom and pull back our constitutional rights. Same with Vicki Hartzler, very nice lady. Um, she's done a good job of, of voting for uh, President Trump's program, just like Billy Long has. But once again, that just makes him good followers of a strong leader. What we need now isn't more good followers, we need strong leaders. And of course, you got Eric Schmidt, who uh, in the days before he decided to run for Senate, when he was in the Missouri Senate, they called him the ninth Democrat, before he decided that the wind was blowing from the right, um, and he decided to say talk about how he sued China, he uh, uh, introduced a $480 million China uh, transportation hub proposal in the city of St. Louis, and uh, was in favor of the Chinese government buying Missouri farmland. So you gotta look at when these people decided they were gonna get tough and be real Republicans. But I've always been a staunch anti-communist, staunch Republican, and I'm not subject to intimidation. Yeah. And I wanna, you know, I had a good, comfortable life. If you asked me two years ago what I wanted most in the world, I would have said, for the world, leave me the heck alone. Let me live out the rest of my life in peace and comfort. You're probably still but saying you know, that some days. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when the, when the mob came back on July the 3rd, specifically to kill us and burn down the house. Yep. And when we survived that event, and we got up the next morning, that 4th of July, 2020, and we'd survived it with the help of the White House and some other folks, um, my wife and I just made a personal vow that day to terminate what we were doing and just put our lives on hold and spend the rest of our lives doing whatever it took to pull back our freedoms for America, I was when we were kids, to pull back that consent of the government until the people in D.C. recognized that they work for us, that this is our country, and they ought to respect, for example, the Tenth Amendment, where all the powers not expressly granted to the federal government should be reserved to the states and to the people. And that's what we've been doing ever since. And that's what we will do, regardless of the outcome of this election. That's what we will do for the rest of our lives. Man, okay, so you have 42 days until, uh, you know, we kind of go from there. So 42 days so until August 2nd. Yeah, August the 2nd. August 2nd. But from there, you know, one of the big things, you can go to McCloskeyforsenate.com. They have newsletters. You can follow them there, uh, working on, on all of that. But I want to talk to you a little bit about something that just came out this weekend out of Texas. So talking about elections and what's going on, this is a pretty big deal. And I would love to get your yep. your Pe thought on it. People, this is a hot thing because people want to know their vote counts, not even just that I'm just one of millions, mm -hmm. so it doesn't make any difference, that literally the vote that I put in, you know, counted and there's... They're, they're coming out of COVID, coming out of this stuff, they're mm -hmm. very distrustful of politicians, yep. very distrustful of doctors, very distrustful of non-elected bureaucrats, mm -hmm. the Fauci's and these people that they, 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 the people feel just powerless. I think uh, Will Rogers said, he says, you know, politics, but I say politicians, politicians are, are kind of like hot dogs. He says they're pretty good as long as you don't see how they're made. <laughs> You know, and, and I think people are more aware of, of, of these things ever. Yeah. They want to make sure that when they vote, they're getting what they ordered. Yep. So if you're listening on podcasts, it says statement concerning Texas GOP convention resolution on 2020 election. What happened was there was 5,000, nearly 5,000 Texas GOP convention delegates in attendance overwhelmingly passed a resolution questioning the 2020 election. Now, this is pretty big deal. There was also a tweet that came out uh, as By, uh, well. Josh Barnett who's running for Congress in the state of Texas. Yep. And it said the Texas state GOP just passed a resolution to reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election. What are your thoughts on that, Mark? 
Well, I can tell you a little bit of personal insight because my wife and I campaigned for the president all over the country. We campaigned through Texas and Oklahoma and Missouri and Kansas and two tours through Pennsylvania because it was supposed to be the key to the election. And for a while, Patty and I were the Team Trump bus in Pennsylvania. We were the Trump campaign. We were doing seven organized rallies a day on behalf of the president. Wow. One of the last things we did was a rally in eastern Pennsylvania. And our rally became so big that the leftist governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, canceled us and closed us down. So we did a pop-up rally, one county away, with no notice, no advertising. We drew 450 people. Wow. Three weeks later, Joe, Joe Biden's on that same stage. After three weeks of promotion and advertising, he drew eight people. Wow. And they want us to believe we lost Pennsylvania. Yep. It's just. Yeah, just ridiculous. On election night, um, uh, about 11 o'clock at night, we're 600,000 votes ahead in Pennsylvania. I look at Patty and I say, you know, we wasted two weeks of our life in Pennsylvania. It's not even going to be close. And I went to bed, right? And then I wake up the next morning and lo and behold, you know, uh, here we have declaring that we lost Pennsylvania, you know, and that happened in, in all the key states. They shut down the machines in the middle of the night, recalibrated, found new votes. And guess what? We've got a guy who never campaigned, who hid in his basement that uh, got more votes than anybody in the history of, of America. Yep. Forget, yeah, forget Donald that. Trump. They're saying he yeah. crushed Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah, that Biden that, did. Yeah. That Biden was the better there. It's like it does not. It's like it's like seeing someone who's four foot tall and then then trying to sell to the world that that he could dunk a basketball behind his head. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like I'd like I'd like to see it. Well, I we 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 you know, it's locked up. We can't see it. You know, they, they, they say, well, you know, if there's all this election fraud, there was no evidence of it. There's absolutely no evidence of it. Well, there are hundreds yeah. of affidavits. Affidavits are sworn testimony. That's evidence. And yet the courts refuse to look at it. So you say, why would the court refuse to look at it? Well, do you remember Chuck Schumer standing on the Supreme Court steps, mm -hmm. threatening Justices Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, yep. saying yep. that if they don't vote the right way, they'll have to pay the price? What's that mean? Those are threats of personal violence. This is yep. a government now that... that Rules by mob, rules by threats of violence. Look at what's happening right now in, this, in front of the Supreme Court. There's protests in violation of the law in front of the justices' house, the houses being encouraged by the president and the vice president of the United States. People that put their hands in the Bible, raised their right hand, and swore to defend the Constitution and the laws of this country mm -hmm. against all enemies, domestic and foreign. And here they are encouraging the violation of federal law to intimidate the Supreme Court. And that's the country we live in today. If that's if that even approximates the kind of free democratic republic we knew when we were a kid, there's not that yep. you know that I'm that I'm nuts, you yep. know. And I I'll, I'll go on for hours if you let me. But I mean, <laughs> we have a president of the United States that declares something he called the disinformation government uh, governance board, mm -hmm. the Ministry of Truth in the United States, where we have a First Amendment. And where, by the way, is the outrage? Where were 50 Republican senators that ought to be standing on the Capitol steps? screaming, we cannot have this. You cannot have a disinformation governance board in the United States of America, or there is no United States of America. Where are all the Republican congressmen? Where are the senators? Yep. Why do we hear crickets over mm -hmm. this stuff? Why do we hear crickets over the fate of the people rotting in solitary confinement halls in mm -hmm. D.C. for crimes of no more than trespass or parading without a license or no crimes charged against them at all just because they happen to be in D.C.? or refused to testify against other people that were in D.C. And by the way, the 350 to 500 people that broke down my gate, threatened my life, threatened to rape and kill my wife, 
trying to burn my house, kill my dog, burn my office building. Not a single one of them have done a day in jail. Wow. And, that, and that's what people are fed up yep. with. They're fed up with Hillary smashing her phones, the, 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 the Hunter Biden laptop and him having a gun deal and mm-hmm. the secret service covering and all it's, it's, it, they, 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 they scratch their heads of, of why is there not equal justice under the law? Um, it seems to be more of a banana Republic mm-hmm. and who, you know, and uh, the, the, the wheels of justice are pointed at the political opponents of the democratic party more times than not. They want somebody to stand up for them. Are you that guy? You know, I, I tell you, you know, as my, as my old buddy G Gordon Liddy used to say, I'm not subject to intimidation, right? Um, I, if I had been the, the managing partner of the biggest law firm in St. Louis af, on the morning after that, June 28th, that Monday morning, I would have had to gotten on television, the apology to her, apologize for being white, apologize for being successful, then I still would have been fired and I still would have been yeah. ostracized. But unfortunately for the left, they happen to pick on some guy that isn't beholden to anybody. I have Amen. no allegiances to any big power structures or any rich people or any any political organization. What I am is just a, an individual that had enough and is going to spend the rest of my life fighting for our God-given rights. And I don't care who comes up against me. You know, my slogan is I'll never back down. And it's not just a slogan. It's a way I've lived my life. I love well, Mark, it. Mark, thanks for jumping on. Between now and August 2nd, love to have you back again. I, I like Here's what I like about you. When I watch you and your wife together, you've, 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 you're at a small event at a sportsman's club, you know, here that we went and heard you speak a while back. And, you know, you, you watch somebody on stage, but you watch them off stage and how they operate mm-hmm. and do. You're just good people. That's right. You you, you guys are, you, you're doing this together. I love it. You know, mm-hmm. obviously we're doing our show together, put a business to the side, you know, to do it. When you see that, it's 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 a great thing. And, and uh, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mark. We really appreciate it. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, belt, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? You couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you. Even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar.